0: Hello and welcome to the third in our series of Regulation Tomorrow podcasts on the future of asset management regulation in the UK. My name is Anita Edwards and I'm a senior knowledge lawyer here at Norton Rose Fulbright in London. Today I'm joined by Hannah Meakin, a partner in our financial services team and associate Tahir Ahmed, and we're going to talk about the role of depositories in UK asset management. In its recent discussion paper, DP23.2, on the future of the UK asset management regime, the SCA discussed the important function played by depositories in ensuring the assets of a fund are appropriately protected and in overseeing the activities of the fund manager. However, it also flagged its concerns around how some depositories actually perform those functions of practice, and it suggested various ways of updating its rules relating to depositories and making them clearer. Before we talk about the SCA's concerns and its proposals to address them, here perhaps you could give us a quick overview of the role that depositories play in the asset management context.
1: Yes, of course. Thanks, Anita. And hello, everyone. So a depository of a fund is usually appointed by the fund manager to carry out certain functions, including the safekeeping of the fund's assets, monitoring the fund's cash flows and overseeing the activities of the fund manager. The detail of the depository's responsibilities does differ depending on whether the fund is authorised or not, but broadly, those are the functions a depository carries out. Just to note here, the role of a depository is broader than that of a custodian. A depository acts as a safekeeper of the fund's assets, and this is what a custodian would also do. In fact, depositories can delegate this function to a custodian subject to certain conditions. But that is just part of the depository's role, as well as the safekeeping side of things. It also monitors the lawfulness of the funds and the fund manager's activities. The purpose of having a depository is to ensure that investors are protected from harm. Depositories are required to maintain a record of assets, for example, book entries for transactions which are affected by the funds manager for the benefit of the fund's investors or unit holders. The depository essentially acts as a guide for the fund's investors and unit holders to ensure the fund's manager is held accountable not misappropriating assets and complying with the necessary rules the oversight function of a depository is one that has received the most attention from the fca over the over the years interestingly the depository is required to oversee how the manager manages the fund to check that it's acting in line with the relevant rules and in accordance with the fund's prospectus That includes monitoring what the fund can invest in, and also monitoring the pricing and dealing in units of the fund. Depositories obviously need to carry out robust systems and controls, have robust systems and controls in place to enable them to carry out those monitoring responsibilities and to ensure they can identify any breaches. And in carrying out their role, they are required to act honestly, fairly, professionally, independently, and solely in the interests of fund investors.
0: Thanks, to here. It's clear that depositories play an important role in safeguarding not just the assets of a fund, but also investors' interests more broadly. And given its importance, that role has come under FCA scrutiny in re- recent times. As you mentioned, the FCA has raised some concerns around the level of oversight that's actually being provided by depositories in practice. Hannah, could you talk us through some of those concerns? Yes, of course. Thanks, Anita, and hello, everyone. So.
2: Back in 2017, the FCA carried out a review of property fund suspensions and pricing adjustments in the aftermath of the Brexit vote. And as part of that review, it looked at how firms, including depositories of authorised firms, fulfilled their oversight role. The FCA found that depositories seemed to provide an effective independent check of authorised fund managers' compliance with the coal source book under normal market conditions. However, its findings also suggested that firms didn't seem to have considered fully how they should meet their responsibilities under stressed market conditions. More recently, in March 2022, the FCA raised concerns again in a Dear CEO letter that it sent to firms in the custody and fund services sector. In this letter, it noted that this was one of the principal areas of potential harm to clients and end consumers and to market integrity, and it reminded firms of the important role depositories play in overseeing the activities of managers of authorised funds. However, the FCA explained that it was continuing to see weaknesses in depositories oversight and often an an absence of effective challenge of the fund manager, which could lead to potential harm to unit holders and, and investors. The FCA also raised concerns about the robustness of controls used by depositories to oversee fund liquidity and investment and borrowing limits. It said it had seen examples of a lack of holistic judgment in these areas, including a narrow interpretation of the applicable coal rules that requires a prudent spread of risk and a lack of policies or procedures related to it. And then this year, in discussion paper 23.2, the FCA has again flagged its concerns with the oversight being exercised by some of the depositories in the market. It said that they have not always intervened or challenged fund managers and that they don't always achieve effective outcomes when conducting their oversight duties. The FCA also noted that depositories own interpretation of the rules that apply to them can sometimes differ from the FCA's supervisory expectations and to complicate things further, the requirements that apply to depositories also differ according to the category of fund.
0: Thanks, Hannah. And as you mentioned, given the important function played by depositories, this is one of the areas the FCA is looking to address with some of its proposals in dp 23 Now, as we've discussed in our previous asset management podcasts, which are available on our website for anyone who hasn't listened to them yet, the FCA has set out various ideas in dp 232 for reforming the UK asset management regime, although not all of them will actually be taken forward. Given that the FCA has said it will be guided by feedback it receives to the DP as to which proposals it should pursue, the changes relating to depositories could go ahead if there's enough backing for them. So here maybe you could run us through what changes the FCA is proposing in relation to its rules around depositories?
1: Yes, sure. Thanks, Anita. So The FCA explains in the discussion paper that it sees potential benefits in updating and clarifying rules in this area and as part of that it's considering making its expectations of depositories clearer in a number of areas. These include the systems and controls depository has to have in place to identify breaches of the rules and the constitutional documents of the fund, the resources and knowledge skills and experience that are expected of a depository, the actions the FCA expects to be taken when a breach is identified, what the depository should do if the fund manager doesn't take action to deal with the breach, the depository's oversight of the authorised fund manager's liquidity management, which includes liquidity stress testing, and how the depository oversees the authorised fund manager's pricing and dealing in units with the fund. The discussion paper also asks for views on whether there are any areas where the FCA rules require depositories to carry out oversight functions that are, limited, that are of limited benefit and so should be removed although just to note that the industry is also being asked to flag areas where the contribution of depositories is particularly valuable for the interest of investors, and so the oversight functions should remain in place.
0: Thanks, to Tahir. We'll have to wait and see whether any of these proposals are taken forward after the discussion paper has closed for comments on the 22nd of May. In the meantime, though, it's worth also briefly touching on the still relatively new Long-Term Asset Fund, or LTAF, and the role depositories are required to have in relation to those funds. The SCA's LTAF rules relating to depositories have also faced some criticism recently. Now, the SCA's rules to introduce the LTAF came into force from the 15th of November 2021, and they created a new category of authorised fund, the LTAF, which is intended to enable a wider range of investors to access long-term illiquid assets, but with rules in place to address the specific risks that those assets pose. Hannah, please, could you tell us a bit about the role of the depository in relation to the new LTAF? Yes, of course.
2: So, as you mentioned, Anita, LTAFs predominantly hold long-term illiquid assets such as real estate. And because of the risks involved in holding those assets, the depository of an LTAF has some additional responsibilities. So the LTAF is an investment, an alternative investment fund in AIF, so the usual rules for depositories managing an AIF as set out in the UK version of AIFMD are applicable. Additionally, Col 15 sets out the parameters of what an LTAF can and can't invest in, including more detailed rules on the investment guidelines and restrictions that it needs to adhere to. Some of the further responsibilities that a depository of an LTAF has include overseeing the fund manager, where the manager is permitted to value the LTAF's assets itself without appointing an external valuer. This won't always be the case, as for the fund manager to perform the valuation responsibilities in-house, it must show that it has the competence and experience to value these types of assets, otherwise it must appoint an external valuer. The depository is responsible for determining whether the manager has the skills, resources, and procedures needed to carry out these valuations. There is also a requirement in Call 15 for the depository of an LTAF to take legal ownership or custody of all of the assets of the LTAF that are in registered form. Now, there's been quite a lot of criticism around this requirement within the industry on the basis that it's impractical to require depositories to hold legal title to all of the illiquid assets that an LTAF invests in. By requiring depositories to hold legal title to all assets in registrable form, it creates a significant administrative burden, as depositories are required to go further than the standard verification of ownership of these types of non-financial instruments, and they must take affirmative steps to ensure that legal title is registered in their name. So when the FCA consulted on its proposals for the LTAF, some of the depositories and fund managers that responded to the consultation suggested an alternative model where the assets would be legally owned by the fund itself, if it had the legal personality to do so, or by the fund manager on the fund's behalf. The FCA acknowledged the difficulties involved in requiring depositories to legally own the illiquid assets in the LTAF but said it would need to consult in this area, as changing the rule would have potential implications for other categories of authorised funds, such as property funds. No consultation has yet been published on this point, but in the meantime, if a firm wants to set up an LTAF, it can apply to the FCA to modify or waive this requirement on the basis of the fund having alternative custody arrangements in place and the fca encourages firms that want to do that to communicate with it before they submit a formal request to modify or waive
0: thanks hannah To so hear any concluding thoughts
1: thanks anita this is a really interesting area given that the ltaf is a new type of fund and we are just seeing the rules come out and how they apply in practice we're seeing more and more ltafs being and the first one actually got approved by the FCA earlier this year in March. It will be interesting to see how the FCA works in any reforms to the LTAF regime, given how recently LTAFs were introduced. For example, the impracticality and administrative burden of requiring all assets to be held in custody, as Hannah mentioned, is causing commotion across the market for depositories, with many having to restructure their usual business operations to account for legal title transfers of illiquid holdings that are non-financial instruments. There is also the potential for ltaps to be extended to include retail clients at the moment the rules only allow professional sophisticated investors to invest in an ltap but the fda published a consultation paper in august 2022 cp 2214 which recognized that there may be investor appetite for retail investors who seek out non-traditional investments in search for diversification or higher returns clearly broadening the target market for such funds to include retail clients will put depositories in the spotlight even more given the FCA's continued focus on protecting consumers the consumer duty being a prime example of this if LTAFs are extended to the retail market we expect there to be heightened scrutiny of depositories by the regulator to ensure they are fulfilling their oversight duties to protect consumers from harm
0: thanks tahir and thanks hannah for your insights today Please look out for more updates on the future of the UK asset management regime and other topics on our Regulation Tomorrow blog. If you'd like to discuss anything we've covered today, please get in touch with one of us and we'd be happy to help. Thanks for listening.